Did it rain today? Anybody know if it rained today? Sprinkled a little bit? It's like a California rainstorm. All right. Uh, Stormwatch 2022. So wild. This weather is just crazy this week. Anyways, um, neither here nor there. Okay. Hey, uh, well, welcome to church. Welcome to Voice. If you're new, welcome. Uh, if you're not new, welcome as well. You know, it, I always saw it kind of funny when people go, hey, if you're new to church, my name is Taka. It always kind of struck me as weird because if you're not new, my name is still Taka. So welcome uh, to the church. Uh, whether you're new or you've been around for uh, your noji, you've been around since the very beginning, uh, just really hope that this is a safe place for you to explore your faith, to engage with your faith, to, to learn, really learn what it means to follow Jesus. Um, today we're going to finish up the series that we've been in for the last several weeks called Picture This, uh, because next Sunday is Easter. I don't know about you, but man, it's just crept up on all of us, right? So... Um, Next Sunday, Easter, we're going to try to have some fun with it. We were hoping to have a bunch of the renovations done yet, but as you can see, uh, they are not. Um, again, it's all for soul stands. If anybody wants this carpet uh, for their home, for their car, uh, their garage, whatever, uh, your next bar mitzvah, where we have it ready uh, for you. Uh, but we are not going to be, we're going to have hopefully some things done by Easter, but uh, not as much as we wanted to. Uh, but we are going to have is uh, a person doing balloon animals. <laughs> I, I'm probably uh, irrationally excited about the balloon animal uh, artists, honestly, and then we have, we're going to have uh, mini churros. So, you know, just like they did in the early church, uh, mini churros and balloon animals. This is in the Bible uh, somewhere. So next, next week, uh, Easter, obviously Friday, we're doing Good Friday again, like you heard them talk about with uh, our friends over at New Life Church. So we're going to be here uh, and yeah, it'll be, it'll be a really good time. So Friday is going to be a full kidsmen, uh, but probably like a 45-minute service uh, on Good Friday at 6 o'clock and then normal time on Sunday morning. So we've been in this series called Picture This. We're talking about what does God see, uh, what does God see when he pictures his church? Like what is God's vision for the church? Because um, any of you guys have done any sort of traveling, which I highly recommend traveling, just so you see kind of perspective outside of Western American uh, culture. Actually, can we bring house sites up just a little bit? Um, so what's, what's really healthy is that we see that the way that we see the world as Western Americans, unless you are, are immigrants or you have parents of immigrants like I am, you kind of have kind of built in a different perspective. But uh, if you've only been born and raised and know Western American culture or the microcosm of Western American church culture, it's a very limited view of the world. And it's really good to travel uh, or watch YouTube videos or however you can get, a, get another, just be careful what you watch on there. Because the problem with the internet is it gives everyone a voice, but then it gives everyone a voice, you know. So uh, be, be careful what you, what you watch online. But um, it's good for us to see different, different perspectives. And so the point is with, with church, church looks different uh, depending on where you're at in the world. And what we can fight over, what church is split over is literally like the color of the carpet or how many songs to sing or should we sing songs written by this person or this person? Do we sing hymns or this? We do chairs or pews. And the reality is Jesus and his disciples didn't sing hymns. They didn't have chairs or pews. They didn't do any of that stuff. Yet this is the kind of stuff that can split churches. And so what, what are we supposed to do? Like when Jesus sees his church, what does he see? Like what does he picture? Who are we, who are we supposed to be? And the question isn't what do you see? When you picture the church, what do I see when I picture the church? We talked about before how when we first launched this church a few years ago, people asked, you know, what's your vision for the church? And it always, always kind of rubbed me the wrong way because it really doesn't matter what my vision for the church is because it's not like I'm creating something new. It's almost like, Taco, what do you think, what is the gospel to you? Well, what is the gospel? You know what I mean? So it's, it's not about what my vision is for the church or what your vision is for the church because we can look at it like consumers, right? Well, I want a church that's you know, has this kind of worship, and they sing these songs and not these songs for this many minutes in a service. Some of us would like to have church where we have seven minutes of worship, uh, and some of us would like to have three hours of worship, you know, and you guys don't understand each other. Some of us would like to have a exegetical verse-by-verse -verse teaching of Scripture, and for some of you, that would be your definition of hell, right? So some of you would like all different types of things, and these are all we call extra-biblical, they're not anti-biblical, they're, they're not in Scripture. Nowhere in Scripture does it say Paul wrote a letter to the church in Ephesus and they says, thus saith the Lord, you'll have one fast song, two slow songs, announcements, a 35-minute sermon, and then, you know, offering and dismiss. It's not a Scripture. So if we're going to fight, let's fight for things that matter, right? And then around everything else, let's just have freedom to go, hey, you believe that? That's cool. You want to sing that song? Awesome. Sing it, play that thing out all week. 
on Spotify or on Apple Music, and we're just not going to, may not, may not sing that on a Sunday morning, it's okay. You can have an eight-hour worship set every single day in your car, at your house, whatever. That just may not be here. Anyways, so what does God see when he pictures his church? We've talked about over the series that we believe that God wants to be a church who prays. Eric started off the series talking about that, that we want to be a church that prays not as a last resort, but as a first response, right? That we, not when we get back to no corner, oh God, if you get me out of this mess, I'll serve you forever, right? We, a lot of us have prayed those kind of prayers. If you, God, if you help me pass this test that I did not study for, if you help her say yes to prom, if you help me get out of this mess that I probably deserve to be in, I'll serve you the rest of my life. Right, and we serve God until that mess kind of passes over, right? So, but we pray as our first response, not as our last resort. We talk about being a church that serves others that are in the church, that are outside the church. We talk about, Joe did a great job talking about us being a, a church that worships, not sings songs. This isn't, isn't Christian karaoke on a Sunday morning. It's a church that really worships from our hearts, worships. We talk about being a church that is generous, and we talk about a church that is unified, even while we're diverse. That we didn't want to be unified as a church because we all think the same way and look the same way and act the same way, have the same experiences, and we all watch the same news channels, right? We're unified while we're diverse. And we're not diverse in the sense that we're gossiping all the time, going, can you believe that they voted this way or they said this or see what this person posted on Facebook? That we're not diverse but, but fractured, but we're unified while we're diverse. We talk about the fact that Jesus prayed for our oneness, not our sameness. That the beauty of the church, what makes a diamond beautiful is the fact that it refracts light in all different ways. And that's what makes the church beautiful. And actually, that's the, one of our greatest witnesses in the world is that we can be diverse, yet still unified. We can be curious about what each other believes instead of dogmatic and fighting over it, right? So today, we're going to talk about the bigger picture. We're going to talk about kind of that we're going to zoom out a bit and talk about the characteristics of of not only the characteristics of God's church, but what are we supposed to be doing? We talked about in the past about values of the church and characteristics of the church, but we're going to talk about a bigger thing of what is the church supposed to accomplish? And here's the thing is today's not meant to make anybody feel bad, but it's going to make some people feel bad. Okay, I'm just going to give you a heads up, and I've tried to like, like massage the message and change some stuff, and it's, I've tried really hard with this to not offend people, but I know some people are going to be offended, all right? And it just is what it is. I'm sorry. We can grab coffee this week and talk it through. I, I, I'm not saying that facetiously. Like, really, I would love to talk this thing through because some stuff just is really hard to encapsulate in 35 minutes, right? And so you can take sound bites out of today and make it look really bad. It's, that's not the point. The goal of today is not to make us feel guilty. The goal of today is for us to look in the mirror. Just look in the mirror and say, are we what we're supposed to be as a church? As a church, James, Jesus' half-brother, uh, talks about this in James chapter 1. He says, do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves, but do what it says. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word, you can put the uh, verse up if you want. Uh, anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. Right? So imagine you this morning. Hopefully you guys bathed sometime in the last week, right? And you, as, you, as you left uh, the house this morning, you looked in a mirror, and if you would have saw some uh, schmutz, that's a biblical word, schmutz on your face or your shirt or whatever, you would like go act accordingly, right? If, you're, if you have an alfalfa thing going up in, in your hair, that may be lost on some of you guys that are younger maybe, um, but you got some stuff going on in your hair and you're going, you wouldn't go, yeah, and just left, Right? You'd go, I need to change my shirt, I need to wear a hat, ponytail, something. I need to figure out what's going up here, right? I need to figure, why? Because James is saying nobody, nobody would look at a mirror, see that something is off, and go, eh. But we do this all the time. He continues, he says, but whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard, but doing it, doing it. Those who consider themselves religious, yet do not keep a tight rein on their tongues, deceive themselves, and the religion is worthless. There's this thing that he talks about, that if we don't do what we say, then our religion is worthless. That it's worthless. So are you okay with a harder teaching this morning? And again, I'm, not, I'm, I'm trying to just accurately 
kind of prepare the word for us to take. I'm not trying to, I try my best not to fill in anything or my opinions on anything. But one of the reasons why we started this church, and there's a small team that came together to start this church. One of the reasons why we did that is because we wanted to be a church that didn't just play church. You know what I mean? Like we wanted to be a church that wasn't unnecessarily harsh. Like I grew up in environments like that. Uh, in the church and in my home, uh, but I didn't, not unnecessarily harsh, but also not a charade. You know what I mean? Like, I didn't want to go to church and it's like, you're fighting in the car, and then you come in the house, how, how are you? Oh, God, blessed. Good to see you in the house of the Lord this morning. How are you? You know, and you're afraid to say, like, you're sick because that's anti-faith. You know what I mean? Or, or it's like, um, we, we say amen to things that we have no intention to actually live out. But we sing songs about things that we don't have any intention of living out. We say amen to things. We have no intention to actually live out. And we just, it's all a charade. We live like however we want for six days a week. And then we pop in to, to warm a chair for an hour once a week. And that's, that's following Jesus. That's not what we wanted to be. That's not the faith community we wanted to be a part of. And, and this, we always, we always told people that voice is a, is a great experiment. We'll see if it actually pans out. So far, so good. But we're like, who knows if, if we can actually develop a faith community like this. I think there's a reason why when Jesus spoke, there was times where people would leave. And he would turn to his disciples and go, are you guys going to leave too? And it's usually after he said something pretty hard. And I, I don't know if you can grow a church. We'll find out. We'll find out. But we don't want to be part of a charade. We want to be part of a community full of imperfect people, full of people that need the grace of God, full of people that mess up all the time, but are really trying our best to live out what Jesus asks us to live out with grace and peace and hope and love covering all. So here's what Jesus talked about, and we're going to let him just say it, okay? John chapter 4, verse 31 says, so Jesus just got done taking care of a lady at the well. So you guys know that story where he just kind of is like, yeah, you've been with all these guys. It was kind of a crazy moment. And then she goes into the, to the village, and all these people end up following Jesus. And it was a big ministry day, exhausted, right? So Jesus worked through lunch. The disciples worked through lunch. So meanwhile, as it says, verse 4 or 31, it says, Meanwhile, as the disciples urged him, Rabbi, eat something. Eat something. And so the, the, the disciples kind of go into like this um, like mom or grandma mode. Right, you guys know what I'm talking about? Like, I don't know about your parents, but I don't know if this is an immigrant parent thing, but like my mom, I think her chief concern are, are, are twofold and they kind of contradict each other. One, are, are you eating enough? And two, why are you gaining weight? You guys are like, have this issue? Like, we flew my mom in for Christmas, my mom and dad, but my dad's kind of just uh, is her plus one. She's the dominant force. She, uh, they, they came in for uh, Christmas and we literally picked her up at the airport. She's like, Tak, are you hungry? It's like, are you? I just came from my house. Like, I'm fine. I'm fine. Are you hungry, right? She, while she's, like, washing dishes from the last meal she made me, she's asking if I'm hungry again. You guys have, like, moms or, or grandparents like that? But at the same time, we'll go, you're getting fat. <laughs> well, yeah. You're part of the issue. Anyways, so, so the disciples are kind of going to, uh, that's not biblical. Right? The, the disciples are kind of going into, like, this mom, grandma kind of mode, and so he, they say, Rabbi, eat something. You've eat, you, you know, you worked your way through lunch. And then he gives like the weirdest answer, right? Sometimes we read scripture, we're like, we think of like flowy Swedish Jesus petting a lamb and his beauty pageant sash and, and just thinks that he says all these things and we think they're normal. It's, it's weird. It's a weird thing to respond. If someone said, if I was like, hey, you know, hey, Roman, you haven't, you, you know, eat something. And if Roman responded this way, I'd be like, you need to take a nap or figure something out. Because Jesus goes, I have food to eat that you know nothing about. <laughs> what? Do you want a sandwich? Like, do you want me to go run to the store and get you something? I have food to eat that you know nothing about. What does that even mean? Like, if you're a disciple, you're going, like, do you have a fridge that we don't know about? Like, did you pack something that you, don't, you have food that we don't know anything about? So the disciples are really confused. They look at each other and they go, could someone have brought him food? Like, they're going, he's talking about food that we know nothing about. And Jesus continues. He says, my food, Jesus said, is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. It's crazy to think about. My food, my food is to do the will of God and to finish the work of God. 
Food throughout Scripture is used as a metaphor. We, we know this. And you guys have spent any time reading Scripture. You'll see like in Old Testament, the psalmist, I believe David wrote this, where, where it says, as the deer pants for streams of water, so my soul longs for you. Right? You may have sung the song. Some of you guys are singing the song in your head right now if you grew up in church. Right? As the deer pants for streams of water, as much as when you're really thirsty. I remember the Sesame Street episode where this person's like teaching us agua, the word agua. And he's like, you remember this episode? He's like crawling through the desert saying, agua, agua. It's like, I, I picture that every time I think of the deer panting for streams of water, right? As, as thirsty as you are in that moment, what he's saying is, I want to want you, God, like that, right? We see, where, this is why we fast. Some of you guys have fasting. Some of you guys have cheated like fasting where you're like, the whole church is fasting. You're like, well, I'll fast Brussels sprouts. So you don't eat Brussels sprouts anyways. That's not really a fast, right? So, but if, if you guys fast like for a day or a week, or some of you guys have gone you really spiritually fasted for like 40 days, right? You know you get to a point, for me it's about a half an hour into the fast, where I get really hungry, right? And I was like, God, I want to want you as much as I want this cheeseburger, right? Like that's how bad. There's, there's times where you're so hungry, some of you guys get really, like really hangry, Right? You're, you, you may go into, like, say, the, the, the basketball game, or you go to Disney, you're going, I'm going to be good. I don't need anything from there. I ate, you know, McDonald's on the way there. I'm going to be good in my finances. But your hunger gets the best of it, and you're going, $18 for a small personal pizza? Yeah. Yeah, I'll do that. $14 for a Coke? Sure. Yeah, because you're so hungry, whatever it takes. And the whole point of fasting is to say, that kind of like, I'll do whatever for that, that's how we're supposed to desire God. So when Jesus says, my food is to do the will of God, my food is to complete the work of God, this is what he's saying. This is what sustains me. This is my non-negotiables, my priority above everything else in my life. I'm willing to do anything. And obviously he proves that to the very end. And then he says, you guys are supposed to do the same. The crazy thing is, I've never heard someone, like we've all forgotten to eat meals, I think, uh, but I don't think any of us have, have forgotten to eat for like a week, Right? I don't think any of us has gone to the doctor. I was like, doctor, I'm losing weight. Like, I'm losing a ton of weight. I'm really weak. And they're like, have you eaten? No. No, it's probably been like two or three weeks since I've eaten something. You'd be like, well, you probably should eat something. Like, none of us have forgotten at that point because we, we know that it's good for us and our bodies will make us remember. But so many times, so many times, I've had conversations with people going, I just feel so disconnected to the church. I feel so, like, weak spiritually. I used to be resilient spiritually, but now I feel myself getting irritable and angry and materialistic. Why is that? Well, have you fed yourself spiritually? You know what I mean? It's like you're starving spiritually and wondering why you're weak spiritually. You're starving yourself spiritually and wondering why your impact in the world is so negligible. And so Jesus says that the thing that sustains him more than anything else is doing God's will and finishing God's work. Not doing his own will, not doing his own plans, not doing his own work. Jesus doesn't go, I got all this stuff I got to do, and then when I leftovers, I'll do what God wants me to do. He says, my main thing, my main thing was doing the will of God and finishing his work. And too often times, our priorities are a little different, right? We go to church. Well, we go to church if it's not too hot, but it's not too cold. And for us Californians, that's like a four-degree window, right? <laughs> Where it's like, man, 75, that's getting pretty warm. 68, that's a little too cold, right? So if it's not too hot, if it's not too cold, if we're not too tired, if there's not any sports things going on, if there's nothing else going on, then I'll go to church because that's a priority for me, right? And the last couple of years, church has moved further and further out of the center of priority. Too many times we can go, you know, if I get all my stuff done, God, then I'll give you, uh, you know, give you some time. If I have a, a, little bit, a little bit of extra time, I'll give you a little bit. If I have some leftover money, I can toss some your way. Let me finish binge-watching another season of this TV show, and then maybe I'll pick up some spiritual disciplines. You know, let me eat out at another fancy place, and then I'll, maybe I'll sponsor a hungry child. Here's the thing. I'm all for balance. I'm all for watch your TV show. I'm all for have nice you know, bougie restaurant experience. I love following Instagram. I've seen the sandwich you ate. I love all that, right? It's awesome. Keep me updated on what you eat for dinner. I love that, right? So I'm all for balance. There's a reason why we as a church, we don't have, like some of you guys grew up in churches like this where you have like 
Monday night this, and Tuesday night this, and Wednesday night this. And I grew up in a church where Sundays were like, we would get there at 7 in the morning to help set up for a meeting. And we have, you know, Sunday school, and we have church, and we have Sunday afternoon, we're really cutting into naps, Sunday afternoon leadership team meeting, and then we have Sunday night service, which there was no, like, end to that. It was, we could bring a sleeping bag. We don't know how long we're going to be there, right? Bring a shofar, if you guys remember those kind of, bring your ram's horn. Anyways, Google it. Maybe don't. Uh, so it was, it was a, a full-on thing. And anything less than 110%, if you weren't at everything, then, man, you just, you, you're backslidden that week. I mean, you could lose your salvation with one missed church service uh, back in those days, right? We work really hard at creating balance, at balance. Why? Because we don't want you in this building all the time. Because your area of, of greatest contribution is out there any more than your phone or your computer should be on the charger all the time. You charge up to go not be charged up. Does that make sense? To go actually be useful and make a difference in the world. So we want you out there. Your area of greatest contribution will not be in this building for many of us. Your area of greatest contribution will be in your families, in your workplace, in your neighborhoods, the organizations, the nonprofits, the things that you're excited and curious about, things you're passionate about. And then we come here, we celebrate, and we charge each other up, and we pray for one another, support one another, and then we go back and do it again. This is not supposed to be the end-all, be-all. So we try to keep church very simple. We have service on Sunday morning. We encourage you to be part of a small group because it's really hard. We can't even go around and, and say your name and what you do for a living before a small group would be over if this was our small group, right? So you need to have that time. The negative side of trying to hold that balance is that church and faith can be kind of an add-on in our lives, right? And so as we close out this picture of this series, the church that Jesus asked for is to be one that follows in his steps. Jesus was asked, how do I be a disciple? And he said, if you want to be my disciple— you must, take, you must deny yourself, take up your cross, and follow me. Like all like really like things that you wouldn't say at a membership meeting for a church today a lot of times, right? You want to you be part of our church? Deny yourself. Whatever you want to do, don't do that. Do what we want you to do instead. Take up your cross. Take up your execution device so you no longer live. Like I'm thinking like Kool-Aids and black Nikes, right? So like, like some of you guys are like, what are you talking about? Just Google it. Okay, so... Take up your cross and follow me? Where are we going? Just follow me. Whatever I want us to do, we're going to do. Most of us would not sign up for that, right? But this is what Jesus asks us to do. Deny yourself, take up your cross, and follow me. It's easy for us to think that Jesus didn't say that. He actually said, put yourself first, find a church that checks off your wish list, and then attend whenever you can. We've come a long way from what Jesus has asked us to do. And what Jesus asked us to do goes against human nature, right? Look, I believe every single human is innately valuable. Every single human, regardless of how you vote, what you look like, what you smell like, right? You are innately valuable. But I also believe that every single human is innately self-centered, is innately selfish. And some of you guys are like, no, humans are innately good, well, you've never had kids, right? Or you've never worked in kids' ministry, all right? Because you'll change your tune really quickly, right? Because what's the first word for every kid? Yours? Share? Have some of my cookies, right? No, mine or no, right? That's like, you have to teach lessons to kids. Why? Because they share too much? Like, you really need some boundaries, help, you need some me time? Like, we don't, we don't have to tell, they know that, right? We, we, have to, we don't have to, to, have, to have, have lessons for kids because they're putting others in line before them too often, right? If I went to any kindergartner class, go, who wants candy? They're not going to go, no, you go. No, you go. No, I know that's your favorite. You go. I, I'm fine. I have some at home, right? We never have to have, have lessons for kids about like, you know, stop having tantrums at the store because you're trying to tell your mom that you have too many toys, right? You never see a kid have a tantrum at Target because like, mom, stop buying me. I have, I'm so blessed. I'm so fortunate. I have way too many things, right? No, why? Because we're innately selfish. We're innately self-centered. In other words, we look at what's in it for me. And that's the way a lot of us view church. You know, Jesus was saying that I have a calling that's higher than that. 
That's better than that. You know, years ago, uh, see, you guys remember this in the 70s. I was born in 78, so I was like right in the, well, growing up, this was the only slogan I remember Burger King ever having. Do you guys remember when Burger King came out with the have it your way? I don't even think it's the slogan anymore. I don't even know if they exist anymore. Uh, but there are those among us that are still keeping Burger King alive. And so they walk among us, guys. Uh, but they came up with this slogan thing, have, have it your way. Before then, if you just wanted, like, the Whopper was the Whopper. You know what I mean? It just, is, it just was what it was. But there was this commercial, and their commercial is hilarious. I actually watched it this week because I'm like, am I remembering this right? And the commercial that they launched this campaign with that they had for decades was like this, this family of four that's kind of like nervously walking to the counter, and he's like, hey, I'll take two Whoppers and two Junior Whoppers, and if it's not too much trouble. Like he's asking them, like, can you like buy me a house? Like he's, hey, if it's not too much trouble, could I get that without pickles and without mayonnaise? It's like, why would anybody put mayonnaise on a sandwich? Anyways, that's near, here, that's me and Jesus believe that. So, but he's like, is that okay? And the girl in the working at, at Burger King is wearing like this crazy hat. I don't know if that's what they wore, but I don't remember this. Probably my therapist will tell me it's like probably some safety system. But they were, she wore this crazy outfit that I can't know, I don't know why they, or how they got people to wear these. But she starts with a song. Like she answers this family, like, can you hold the pickles and hold uh, the, the, those, hold, hold the lettuce. That's what it is. Hold the pickles, hold the lettuce. And she goes, yes. And she starts singing like it was a musical to tell the cooks back what to do. And she says, I, I, I wanted to write it down because I wanted to get this right. She said, hold the pickle, hold the lettuce. Your special orders don't upset us. Rhymes, right? So it's true, right? Hold the pickle, hold the lettuce. Your special orders don't upset us. We just appreciate you letting us serve you, right? Which is the, the, the tone of every fast food worker, right? And this began the whole like customer service. Customer is always right wave where you can go to mcdonald's and special order whatever you want for them to get wrong you know what i mean like you can do that however you want and it's just part of what it is right and pretty soon everything was flipped and all of a sudden the the advertising everything changed you can, you can watch this from 1972 the advertising to consumers dramatically flipped now you start to see different words quality value style service selection Convenience, savings, performance, experience, low rates, friendly service, name brands, easy terms, affordable prices, money-back guarantee, free installation, free admission, free appraisal, free alterations, free delivery, free estimates, free home trial, free parking, no cash, no problem, no kidding, no fuss, no risk, no obligation, no uh, red tape, no down payment, no hidden charges, no purchase necessary, no one will call on you, no payments or interest. Don't forget to pick up your free gift, yours for the asking, no purchase necessary, our way of saying thank you. And this is the approach to get consumers. And this has crept its way into church too. We say this stuff, right? And it's not bad, it just changes the dynamic of how we come to church and how we're a part of the church, right? I hear language all the time where people, a person or a couple or a family is church shopping, right? And like I've said it, I've said it, okay? So it's not like, oh gosh, I'm a heathen if I say it. No, no, all I'm saying is no guilt. All I'm saying is it's interesting. It's interesting. We hear people all the time saying, I'm just trying to find a church that meets all my needs. It's interesting. It's very Western. It's very Western. So let me give this a different approach. We'll put the next slide up really big. Here's why I think we are. We are spiritual consumers. Or we are not, sorry. We are, we are actually, that's the whole point of this. We are not spiritual consumers. We are spiritual contributors. We are not spiritual consumers. We are spiritual contributors. Why? Next slide. The church does not exist for us. We are the church. And we exist for the world. Keep that slide up there. This is a huge shift in thinking. The church does not exist for us. The church isn't this, well, if it's close enough, if the kids' ministries are nice enough, if they teach for this right amount of time, and they teach in the right style, and if their songs are the right kind of songs that I, I want them to sing for the right amount of songs, for the right amount of length, and if the lights are right, if it, that's a consumer, right? The church does not exist for us. Why? Because we are the church. We are the church. This is not the church. We're the church. 
And we exist for the world. We exist for the world. As Christians, our food is to do God's will and to do his work. So I want you to self-evaluate for a second. And I'm going to give you two quick, like, points for us to think about as we leave, okay? I want you to self-evaluate. One through ten. One through ten, okay? One is a spiritual consumer. I mean, full-on, serve me, serve me, serve me. It's just one. Ten is like Jesus, okay? No one is one. The, the, the devil's one, maybe. And then, like, ten is like Jesus, okay? So none of you guys are ten. Maybe. I don't, I don't know you well enough, but I, none of us. I'm definitely not a ten, right? So we're all somewhere between two and eight. Let me, let me, let me help you, okay? And this is where it's got—I didn't know how to say this without—okay. If you're mad at me, let's talk it through. Okay, let's really talk it through. I'd love to talk it through. Okay, if you drop the child off today, preferably, like, hopefully your own uh, <laughs> child, not someone you just found, we, we got to talk that through as well, okay? Uh, but if you, if you drop your child off uh, to another volunteer over in the kids' area, uh, but you don't serve anywhere, uh, if you enjoyed a cup of coffee that someone else made for you, if you came into a room that other people helped pay for, if you are sitting in a chair that someone else bought, uh, etc. Okay, we can go on and on and on, right? Then you, you may want to circle two. Okay, not a one. We're in church. A little bit of grace, right? Two. Okay, two. Let's call it what it is. You've consumed, right? You've benefited, but you haven't contributed. Maybe you serve every once in a while. You give every once in a while. You you go to a small group here and there. Okay, maybe you're a four or five. The reality is, so many of the people in this room, I'm looking at you, I want, I want to call names out right now. So many of you are, are eights. And here's the thing, if you're new to the church, and you're like, well, obviously I'm not serving. I, I spent my first time, right? Right, so I'm not talking about you, right? So a lot of us are, um, uh, a, lot, a lot of us are eights and nines. A lot of you guys are eights and nines. And that's the main reason why we've been able to exist as a church and continue to exist as a church because so many of you serve consistently, lead and attend small group, give generously, volunteer in the community. I think about the worst team who gets here early, one of the first ones to get here, practices midweek just so we can have a time where we can be in a distraction-free environment to worship God together. So many guys are inviting people to church. The number one reason why people uh, visit the church is because their friend invited them. Right? I think that's amazing. Some of you guys are like gung-ho and you put the Voice Church sticker on your car and on your water bottle and anything you can stick it on, right? Uh, that's, that's amazing. My fear, my fear today is that this message um, would make the ones who are already living this way feel like they're not and the ones who aren't would feel condemned. Like that's not the goal at all today. I can't tell you that a message recently that I've prayed more than this one because that's not the goal. All I want is I want God to look at our church. I want God to look at our church family and go, yeah, that's what I pictured. Yeah, like that's what I wanted. They're all in. They're all in. So, so here, what, what's your number? Now, don't say it out loud. Uh, but like what's, what's, what's your number? What's your number, right? Do you have it? If you're, if you're seven or above, let today just be a reminder of why you do what you do, right? And you, you probably know this stuff because that's why you're living that way. All right? Or maybe you were guilted into that, which we probably need to talk about that too. Uh, if you are a six or below, uh, then would this maybe be a way to stir you up? This message was designed to stir you up for a different way to live, for a better way to live. So I'm going to give you two quick points. First is this. God calls you to serve in his church. God calls you to serve in his church. God's given you gifts, like unique gifts that I don't have. Like, I can, I can do very few things well. Very few things. I can do a whole lot of things kind of like, okay. Like, the, I'm not, I'll do things because, like, I'm, I'm not the most qualified, but I'm, not, I'm the least disqualified and the most available, so I can do a bunch of other things, right? But there's a lot of things that God has gifted you with that, that you're gifted in a way that other people just aren't. And they're, they're meant to be used to expand and support the kingdom of God. The problem is a lot of people don't understand what church is, right? God never meant for the church to be a building. Church isn't a building. Church is the people, right? This is why it was so easy for us to understand this as a church family five weeks ago before we got this building, right? Because it was easy for us to go, obviously a church is not a building because we don't have a building we still exist as a church, right? So as we're serving the community at an event or you're at a small group or you're out to eat with some friends from the church or you're whatever, you're serving a local initiative, right? You knew that we were still being the church even though we were not in a church building. Now we have a building, and it's easy for mindsets to shift. To now, now we go attend. Now it's like a movie theater or like a show that I attend. Right? Like if I went to go to the AMC and go watch like the new Batman movie or whatever, and they were like, hey, can you help tear down? 
mm -mm. That's, not this, that's not this arrangement. That's not what's happening here. You know what I mean? <laughs> that's weird. That's not something I'm a part of. That's something I go to. And a lot of times we can look at churches the same way. It's something I go to, not something I'm a part of. Right? So the church is a people. Let me show you how the early church functioned. This is in Romans. Uh, Paul talking to the church in Rome. Why it's called Romans. And he says this. In his grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. So if God has given you the gift of, uh, given the ability to prophesy, then speak out with as much faith as God has given you. If your gift is serving others, serve them well. If you are a teacher, teach well. If your gift is encouraging others, be encouraging. If it is giving, give generously. If God has given you leadership ability, take the responsibility seriously. And if you have a gift for showing kindness to others, do it gladly. Okay, so go ahead and keep that up there. Um, this, this whole thing is whatever gift you have, the church, the kingdom of God needs your gift. Here's one way to think about it. If, if I was sitting here um, and I was eating like... Um, like cheesecake. I really like cheesecake. Uh, so I say I have cheesecake here, and it's kind of precariously sitting at the edge. And so I grab a bite, and then for some reason I have the whole cheesecake. And then I put my arm down, and the whole cheesecake falls on my shirt on my lap, right? How you respond, like your gut reaction, may be a key to your gifting. Here's what I mean by that. If you're like, dude, it's no big deal. It's not, it's, it's, I, I do that all the time. Maybe it's kindness, right? If you're the kind of person that's like, okay, you, grab another one. You grab a towel. Uh, do we have talking about a shirt somewhere? That's a leader, or at least at minimum, you're bossy, right? So <laughs> your gift's either bossiness or leadership, maybe both. We'll see, right? So that could be leadership. If, if you're the person that's like, you know what? No big deal. Uh, we'll, I'll buy one more cheesecake. And you know what? Cheesecake, who wants dessert? I'll buy stuff. Then your, your, your uh, gift may be uh, generosity, giving. If you're just like, hey, no big deal, this happens to everybody. You know what, I'm going to spill cheesecake on me too, just so you don't feel. It's like, it's like the Adam Sandler where he's like, he pees his pants too because it makes the kid feel better, right? An encourager, right? It's an encourager. It's like, hey, we all, we've all been there. If you're like, the, hey, okay, here's how you should have put uh, the cheesecake because this is on you, bro. Literally, it's on you. This is on you because you should never have done, this is a lesson. You never, some of you guys are look, thinking or looking or nudging the person next to you because this is them, like they're going to teach their way out of this, right? You're a teacher, right? But some of you guys, the pro, when it says prophecy, it's not like saying, thus saith the Lord, you'll drive a purple minivan. This is someone who's like black and white, where this person's like, you're an idiot. You have cheesecake on you because you're stupid, right? And we need those kind of people in our lives, but not all the time they need to be balanced out, right? So how you responded to the cheesecake situation could be a small little indicator of what gift you have. And what I love about this passage, what Paul's saying is, whatever gift you have, do it well. Do it well. There's a whole other sermon that we're not going to have time to talk about where he actually gives some, some correction to the shadow side to each of these gifts. We don't have time to kind of go into that. But he says, man, if, if, you, if you teach, teach well. Don't mail it in. Teach well. If you lead, Take your responsibility seriously. It's not privilege to put you above other, other people. Take your responsibility seriously. If you're called to be generous or if you're called to give, then don't give sporadically. Give generously. He gives kind of direction concisely to different gifts. The reality is whatever gift you have, the church needs you to operate it. I want to highlight just a few people. I, I, when I think about this, I think of uh, Roman and Norma who uh, get here early on Sunday mornings. You guys are like, I don't even know. Can you just wave to people? And what I love about this is like they're dying a thousand deaths right now, right? You don't know about Roman and Norma. You don't even like know why you're clapping for them. Uh, just because you exist. That's why we're clapping for you. So Roman and Norma, they get here. They're one of the very first people to get here on a Sunday morning with their cleaning supplies. And they, a few weeks ago, said, hey, we're going to clean the church every Sunday and just informed us that they were going to do this. What's wild is that the week before, now he was like, we need to hire a cleaning service. I'm like, I don't know if we have the money to hire a cleaning service for the church. That's like building problems we didn't realize that we had to have. And here they come, following what the Lord is asking them to do, saying, hey, we're just going to clean the church. And they are. And we're, I mean, well, I'm coming in this morning, the worship team's coming in going, it smells so nice in here, you know? Which is not the things we used to say when we came into the building. Um, it smells so weird in here, we used to say. So it's supposed to be nice in here, but they do that every Sunday morning. I think of uh, Joe Aaron, who uh, you guys know, Joe, worship pastor, and um, you guys may not realize, I had to ask permission uh, for him to, to highlight this. All these pictures, I took them off your Facebook, by the way, so <laughs> there were other ones I really wanted to show, uh, but, you know, I'm, I'm going there public anyway, so I think, I, anyways, but I did a nice one. So that's Joe and his better half. Joe is our worship pastor. You got to realize, um, 
they've been in a position to where he's able to do this, but he still didn't have to do this. Joe and the family started coming about a year ago uh, and started volunteering, served as music director, was oversees the band. He's like, I can do more. I want to do more. Joe has, has been a full-time worship leader for uh, over a decade. So long, so long. Uh, and so, and he's very experienced. I don't mean that in like an old way, but he's very experienced as a worship leader and is a godsend. You got to realize, Joe easily could go put his name out there and get a full-time worship pastor job uh, that actually pays money. And what he, what their family has said yes to God for is that uh, he's volunteer. I don't know if you guys realize that. Realize that. They, Joe's full-time experienced worship pastor, was full-time before he started attending Voice at another church, and he is volunteering full-time as our worship pastor. Now, God has set them up to where they're able to do that, but you know what else? There's a lot of people that have gone, yeah, but look at all this extra stuff we could do. If I got a full-time job, the, the trips, the things we can buy, yeah. But they've been faithful to build God's church, and we're super thankful uh, for you, Joe. I, th- I think of Yi and Amy. Um, Yi's back here, always looking like he came from basketball practice, uh, but he might have just come from surgery, actually. Uh, but Yi and Amy used that's not Mike. That's, that's Michael and Ann. Actually, you know what? I, I wasn't going to bring them excited. But Michael and Ann, they came up similar to... Uh, <laughs> you get a snapshot of their personality, actually, with this picture. Their other ones were just, if you're friends with them on Facebook, that's the best I could find. Okay, guys? Um, Michael and Ann do something similar to what Roman and Norma do, but for the kids' ministry. It's like diapers. And like when, when, you're, when you get a little thing saying your, your kid went to the bathroom... Michael and Ann uh, took care of that uh, for you, uh, like on the back end, literally. Uh, so, uh, so Michael and Ann do that in the kids' ministry. Okay, the next slide is uh, Yee and Amy, I think, hopefully. No? We don't have a picture of Yee and Amy? Son of a gun. Let's just say Michael and Ann were Yee and Amy. All right. No, that's not it. It's my, it's my bad. That's not, I don't, people always throw the tech team under the bus. I think that's my bad. I think I didn't send it. Okay. So, Yi, can you uh, wave? That's what Yi looks like. Okay, so, uh, <laughs> so, uh, Yi and Amy run a small group. They, Yi, you'll see Yi back there running uh, slides or whatever uh, tech needs are back there. Amy is a lot of times helping, helping with hospitality, but one, one of the reasons I want to highlight that this with them serving in the church was uh, they lead a small group, and their small group has grown, and it's grown too much to the point where they've had to say, like, hey, can you stop sending people to our small group? And uh, we can't fit in our house anymore. And so they're actually splitting. I think we talked about it at hosting. They're, they're splitting to uh, three separate small groups, right, to create space. And, and, and I just want to applaud that whole small group because you guys are super close. Like, I feel like you guys move as a unit. You know what I mean? So for you guys to split and say, we'll see each other less, is a huge deal because what you're saying is I'm going to choose creating space for other people than just being us seven all the way to heaven. And that is, I'm telling you, that is so not normal, but it is so right on. So uh, I just want to applaud you and Amy for, uh, for uh, doing that. So um, look, everyone is gifted. There's something for everyone to do. And so if you're not actively serving, there's something that is not getting done, right? So God wants to make a difference through you. So first point is God calls you to serve at his church. Second point is this, and lastly, God calls you to serve as his church. So God calls you to serve in his church, but God calls you to serve as his church. Matthew chapter 5 says this, You are the light, Jesus speaking, You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people put a light, what? Neither do people light a lamp, there you go, and put it under a bowl, that'd be weird. Instead, they put it on a stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before men, or shine before others, that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. What Jesus is doing is giving an evangelistic thing. He's not saying, you know, have pop star come to your church, and that's how you reach people. He's saying, do good. He doesn't say, argue with them. I've never met someone who says, you know why I'm a Christian today? It's because someone posted something on Facebook and argued with me. And I was like, you're right. I need to go to your church. It doesn't happen, guys right? He says, do good deeds, and people will see it and glorify your Father in heaven. Point here is you aren't saved by good works. Your good works will not save you. Jesus only. But, you're, we, you, but good works show that you're saved. So you aren't saved by good works, but you are saved for 
good works. Right? In other words, good works don't save you, but good works show that you are saved. When we do good in the community, people notice. The re- only reason, well, the main reason why we have favor with different individuals in the uh, city leadership is because good works. It's not because they're like, oh, your lights, guys, man, wow. Your trail, your graphics, I saw your Instagram, so cool. Will you partner with us? That's not why, right? Because people, people understand that right now, Christians don't exactly have the best name and culture, right? And it's not because we've done too many good deeds, right? It's not, it's not, it's why culture, it's not why culture kind of has, you know, we have some schmutz on our face as Christians, right? It's not because we've done too many good deeds. It's because culture knows that a lot of times we as Christians and all people, to be fair, but we as Christians are acting in ways that are contrary to what we say we believe. So how do we point people to Jesus? We do good. We do good. Not be perfect, but do good at events, at community initiatives, but also at your work. Just be the person that does good at your work. Be the person that cuts out not early, that goes the extra mile, that takes care of people, that's an encourager, that supports the boss. Like, do good wherever you're at. For this, when I think of people that that are operating as the church in the community, I think of people like John Arlene. That is the next picture. Uh, John and Arlene. Um, John is the CFO, the the guy on the left there. Uh, He is the CFO of a great organization called Illumination Foundation. And their whole goal is to disrupt the cycle of homelessness. Actually, where I, where I met John was at a church where he was an investment banker, you know, doing like crazy things. And he resigned from that job to volunteer for a year to serve at his church as their CFO. They later, later hired him. That's where he and I met. But now he's a CFO of Illumination Foundation. Let me give you a snapshot of what God's doing through Illumination Foundation. If you're ever going, I have this extra cash, I tithe, but I have this extra money that I want to give to something in the community. I just don't know who. Illumination Foundation should be on your radar of one, one thing to consider. They, didn't, they don't even know I'm doing this at all, but it's one that you know cool things that are happening in the community that John, a member of a church, is a part of as CFO. 395,715 safe beds were provided last year. Uh, last year, just in 2021. 787 homeless were given recuperative care services. 243 children and parents were given care in shelters. 655 individuals were housed. 477 families were housed because of Illumination Foundation. And so some of you guys already support them. If you don't, they're doing great stuff, but John is a big part of that. But what John and Arlene also do as, as part of this church is that they lead World Vision. Uh, they lead t- Team World Vision for, uh, for us as a church. And some of you guys are like, dang, and I, I'm a part of that, and I should probably run at some point. Uh, yeah, yeah, we're three weeks away from the half marathon. Uh, and so yesterday, a bunch of us ran 10 miles, which was terrible. Uh, for me, but others were like, it was like a good warm-up. For me, it was like, oh my gosh, it was death march. So, uh, but just so you know, this year, our team, World Vision for Voice, has raised $39,336 as of last night. Here's what that means, okay? Here's what that means. I only take 10%. I'm just kidding. Uh, I don't take any of that. So, here's what that means. It takes $50, $50 to provide clean water for someone for life. $50. That's a real cheap date night. $50 gives clean water for one individual for life. So what you guys have done as a church just this year is you've provided clean water for life for 786 people so far. And I still think we're going to get tons more. Our goal is still 5000 more than that before the end of this year, 5000 more dollars. This is our second year of doing this uh, as a church. The first year was before the world shut down. Um, and our total so far that we raised as a church in, the, in those two years combined is $61,954.60. Here's what it equates to. 1,239 people that will have clean water for life. For life. And so John and Arlene are a huge part of leading that charge. And so if you have, I'll say this, if you have not supported anyone doing World Vision, then find someone doing World Vision. I'll just do this. If, you're, if you're running for World Vision or you're walking or whatever, could you raise your hand? Okay, some of you guys are like shame because like I've raised zero dollars. Okay, then find them. The lower their hand, the more ashamed they are. Uh, find them and say, I want to support you. How, how much can I give you? A billion dollars. Okay, uh, so God has called you to be serve in his church, but God called you to serve as his church. You are the light of the world. So shine, so shine. Here's lastly, in closing, the worst thing we can come up. Um, this is the last thought. You know when you're on Zoom calls, um, gosh, I hate Zoom calls. And you, you know when you're like in a group with Zoom calls 
And uh, if you're a facilitator, like you're leading the meeting and someone's video shuts off, but they're still there, you know they're checked out. They may be going to the bathroom, but man, it's taking a really long time for them to get back from the bathroom, right? You, you know they're like, they're still checked in because they have to be for, or else they get like reprimanded at work, but they're checked out, right? And you know for you, when, when you're hearing like blah, 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 numbers, blah, 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 and you're like, I need, I need a mental break, you turn off your, I gotta go to the bathroom real quick. You, you turn off because you want to check out, right? Too many of us are spectators in the story God wants to write, what God's doing in this world, why we exist as a church. Here's all I'm asking you to do is flip the switch, unmute, just be part of the conversation. Too many of us are just there, but we're not there. We're here, but we're not here. Flip the switch engage be a part of it i think that the church that that god pictures a church where people give more than they receive where people serve more than they've been served where people love more than they've been loved where people are passionate about reaching the next generation a church that where people uh we don't we don't judge those without christ we love people into the family of god you hear that we don't judge people into the family of god we love people in the family of god where everyone uses their gifts in the church to equip the body of christ where they use their gifts as the church to be the light of the world. This is the church we believe God sees when he pictures this church. That's what we want to be as a church. So if you're a spiritual consumer, if you're like down here, one or two, right? And you have no, you're not a one. No one's a one. Devil's a one. You're a two or three. So if you're a spiritual consumer and you have no desire to change, you're like, that's just where I want to live. Two, three, ride or die, right? And you have no desire to change, you're going to get real frustrated with us as a church. You're going to get real frustrated with us. But if you want to partner with God, if you're going, I want to be a, I'm a two right now, would you help me get to be a three? Help me to get to be a four. I want to be less bad at this, right? I don't know if I'll ever be good, but I'll be less bad. Let's help you. Let's help you. This is the kind of church that we want to be. You're in the right place. And if, again, if you're someone who goes, I'm all kinds of messed up, good, right? You're in the right place. I'm, I'm imperfect. Good. You're in the right. I'm broken. Good. You're in the right place. All of us, all of us, even the ones who look like we have it all together, man, if anybody knew what was going on behind the scenes, all of us need the grace of God. All of us need, need each other's support. None of us. None of us are without, without fail. So with that, let me pray for us, and we'll, we'll sing this last uh, song together. All right? God, we just thank you. God, we thank you for being faithful. We thank you for loving us despite us. God, thank you for seeing the best in us. God, I pray, would you help us to be the light of the world? God, would you make the, the, the light of, of God's hope shine through us? God, would you help us to, not to promote a church? I pray that people don't just know about Voice Church, but that people would know about you, God. And God, help us to know what, what role we are to play in. God, I know there's a bunch of people that love, uh, that you love deeply. God, would you help us to love them and show them that you love them? in real practical ways. God, I pray that this week and as we approach Easter and Holy Week, God, that you would help us to remember that, that, that day that changed everything. Would you give us the courage to invite people? And God, would you help us to put you first and be a partner with you in changing lives and making an impact in this world, God? Would you move us from being spiritual consumers to contributors? We thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's go and stand to our feet and let's sing this together. Thank you.